Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about Internet Church. Rich, what is Internet Church? Oh, it's only the best internet gathering this side of the Kailua River. Is the Kailua River a thing? Maybe we should start over. <laughs> let's let's do it again. Ask me again. <laughs> no, let's leave it in. Now no, no, let's talk about Internet Church. Uh, internet Church. Actually, it's a thing we do every other Friday night where we all gather together, uh, encourage the saints in truth. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It's just a time to gather for about an hour on a Friday night or day, depending what part of the world you're in, just to be encouraged by the saints. You you think you would like something like that? Is the Pope Catholic? Uh, you bet your sweet bippy the Pope is Catholic. And uh, Justin, Internet Church is all about gospel freedom. It's good. I'm trying to think of the follow-up question. <laughs> oh, I'm like, man, this thing is lagging. Uh, all right. If No. Absolutely love it. So if you were going to... No. What are we going for? Are we trying to be funny or are we trying to be serious? I don't know. I I mean, whatever. I, we're trying to let people know that... Oh, <laughs> I'm not as gifted as you are in this department, my friend. So join us every other Friday night, 8 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. If you are international and want to add that to your calendar so you don't have to do all the time conversions, head on over to lovereality.org slash circles and add the Internet Church Circle to your calendar. Are you attuned to what God is doing in your heart or not? Yeah. And what's crazy about it is that God can be working in your heart and you don't even know you it. In fact, that's it. how it always starts. Yeah. Welcome back to The Move, where we're vibing in the book, 10 minutes at a time. Hey, you're using this language a lot, vibing. I don't know if we ever explained that. Uh, did we not explain vibing? Well, it's a language that we use a lot. We, we use it in different contexts. Yeah, so when we're hanging, like if we're just, if me and Justin are out having a cup of coffee, talking about just things, life, somebody asks us, what'd you do this morning? Oh, me and, me and Justin were just vibing. Just vibe. So it's just about communing together and just experiencing, you know, one another in this relationship of, you know, brotherly love. That's you know right. what I'm saying? And that's kind of the idea. We're trying to do that not only together because we think community matters, but yeah. we're also vibing with the text. Really what we mean by that yeah. is we're vibing with God. Yeah. It's just, this is just time connecting with the Father. Yeah. And we're just coming to meet God on his own terms in the book and just trying to follow the flow. That's why we're on the move in the book, vibing with it. Yeah. Uh, so what are we vibing with today? We're looking at Romans chapter 2, verses 12 to 16. Okay. Did you read it? I did read it. <laughs> did I you, read did it. you read it? Uh, Y'all got to go read it. Check it out. Uh, Put this on pause. We'll be right here. Subscribe while you're reading or after. Probably after. Yeah. Focus on those verses in the meantime uh, here we go there we go here all right go. let me let me address something okay right from the get-go we're the, just we're just having all kinds of preamble for this yeah, one let me address something i want to address the fact that we actually need to start the 10 minutes and then i'll address the thing because that's where i thought we were going so uh, i'll let you do it so let me do that real quick three two one don't worry guys we'll get you out here on time go so when you're seeking for glory mm-hmm Honor and immortality in the previous 10 minutes, that 
Paul's argument, and I'm just going to give away a bit of the game as we're move, moving forward, because, you know, I think we're somewhat familiar with Romans to, do, to a degree. And if we're not, it's all right if we give a little bit away. Is that the glory, honor, and immortality that Paul actually has his eyes set on, that he's moving towards, is the glory of a crucified king. Which is crazy. Which is cru- crazy, because he is Lord. And what he's Lord, he's not sitting on an imperial throne in Rome. He's actually enthroned with a crown of thorns on a cross and he's seeking immortality by giving it away. Mm-hmm. And he's seeking the honor of the kingdom by being dishonored. By giving up his life, he's seeking immortality. By being dishonored, he's looking for honor. And by being broken in his body, he's seeking for the glory of yours, right? Yeah. And so what Paul is saying is that there's this line of thinking that Paul is saying, like, listen, this is the end game of what it really means to do the will of God, and he'll give it away a little later, but he says anything short of that is legitimately what the Bible calls sin. Hmm. And so anything less than seeking for that sort of glory, honor, and immortality is what the Bible calls sin. This will be really important as we dive into these next few thoughts that Paul has. Yeah. So with that said, I wrote at the top of today's passage, uh, Paul attacks the uniqueness of Judaism. That's yeah. kind of what my, my summary of this is because, you know, the Jews are very happy, very proud. They got yes. the oracles. You yeah. know, we talked about this us first them mentality. And here Paul really is coming to bat at the very root of this thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, rightly so. I think that if God had spoken to my people from a mountain and I held that history, I'd be pretty proud too. Hey, check it out. Right? Remember, Remember that so? one time? Yeah. I mean, that's that's an awesome heritage to carry as Absolutely. God's chosen people, right? It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, and yet Paul's argument is that the law actually prophesies towards something. It's not the end in itself. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So that law keeping, right, doing law is not just simply complying with obedience, but he's saying it's actually seeking a certain type of glory, honor, and immortality that we've already named. So that he says in verse 12, for all who have sinned, and we know this famous passage that we'll get to later, but let's just put it here. Go for it. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. glory. So that if you haven't actually sought the glory of another by this self-sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. If you've sinned without the law, so if you're a Gentile, if you're part of the nations and you're self-seeking because you're like, why would I ever do that? Why would I ever actually give my life up for another one, right? If you do that without the law, then you've sinned. But then there are those who have the oracles of God Mm -hmm. and they still do the same self-seeking. So I'm coming back to what you were just quoting and in, was it 3? 3.23, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah. We can quickly point towards um, breaking the commandments. Yeah. But what you did right there, and I'm trying to see if this is what you intended to do, yeah. is that you are kind of looking at that text to define what sin is, and you're saying it's not seeking the glory of God. It's falling short of that glory of yeah. God. Yeah, 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 yeah. So falling short. Of what, and if I understand what you're saying, right, is that let's frame it like this, because I like to frame. So if we frame it like this, that the law is not so much prescriptive of what you will do when you hear it, that you will do this, Mm -hmm. right? As much as it's describing 
the heart and goal of what a righteous life looks like. Right. Right. So in, in a sense, you could say that the law is prophetic as it's looking forward. So this is Jesus says that the law and the prophets prophesied until John, mm-hmm. right? So that then the law is looking forward and looking towards something. And what I think Paul is arguing is that the righteousness that the law is looking toward as the beacon of right doing in keeping with the law is to seek the sort of glory, honor, and immortality where you would be willing to lay your down life for another. The Gentiles didn't have the oracles of God, so they would have never seen it. Oh, why would I do that? But the Israelites, the nation that had the oracles, they didn't see it either. Hmm. Right? So Paul goes on to say, listen, it's not just the hearers of the law. Because Israel, you had the pleasure to hear the law. Right. But it's also those who do the law. And the question is, have you actually done the righteousness that the law was actually pointing to. Yeah, there's this kind of juxtaposition between these two groups of people. Yeah. And I think we we do this us versus them thing again, again. In, in modern context where we are the hearers, we're, yeah. we're Christians, yeah. we're people of the book, as yeah. it were. And anyone who's not us, yeah. they're not as good as us or yeah. they're not as whatever as us. Yeah. But Paul seems to be saying like, listen, it's not that simple. There are people... And and this is kind of one of the questions I have. He's describing Gentiles who do not have the law, but who do what the law requires, which is really interesting. And then it says that they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. And what's interesting is that it's the work of the law. Mm -hmm. And what is the work of the law? If we fast forward just a little bit, the work of the law ends up being highlighting that we indeed fall short of a high mark, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't actually need the Ten Commandments in order to to know that we've fallen short of them. To mark. demonstrate this to us, right? Yeah. I, I heard a, a preacher once say, you know, the way I summarize it, he says, is that you will end up being judged by all of the laws that you yourself set up for yourself, mm-hmm. right? All the things you said that you could and should do. And, you know, intuitively, when you hear that, you're like, oh, man. I never meet my own expectations. And this is what James is getting at, right? To him that knows to do good. And doesn't do it. That's when it's sin. And yet, what Paul is highlighting here, that the work of the law is to actually have that awareness of, I always fall short. The Mm -hmm. work of the law is not to impart on you some sort of energy that then allows you to keep it. No, the work of the law is for you to come to this consciousness of that, ooh, there's an expectation I don't meet. And what Paul is doing is saying, he's ultimately going to this place of saying, listen, the highest expectation is this crucified Christ who is really glorious, immortal, and honored on a cross. However, we ourselves, with the expectations of the law, you, the Jew who have it, and you, the Gentiles who don't, we all fall short. And yet the Gentiles without the law have the very work of the law in their hearts yeah. because their consciousness is constantly at war with the expectation of how they should live and how they don't measure up so that they themselves are a testament to the presence of some sort of law, morality and not meeting up. You know, this is tension. I read it somewhat differently. Uh, the view of the Jew was that anyone outside, well, clearly they're lost. Yeah. 
I see Paul kind of pointing at some hypothetical person outside of their community. He's like, no, no, no. Look at that person. That person is showing by their works that the law is written on their hearts. Yeah. That's, that's new covenant language. Yeah. That's the spirit infused into this yeah. person language. And yet there's this person who in a certain respect hasn't even heard of the law, yeah. but by the way that they live is demonstrating that they're living unto the law. Yeah. And so they're showing, yeah. demonstrating yeah. that the spirit is in them. Let me try this on for size. If you know this, this, this version of saying it, I know some non-believers who are actually better Christians than those who confess. And, and, and that's what I'm wrestling through with this text because in, in evangelical Christianity, the idea is like, oh, unless you audibly profess the name of Jesus, yeah. you can't be saved. But I don't know that that's what that's saying. No, the work of the law is at work in the hearts of people, and they're actually trying to at least attain. Some try to attain. They seek it, right? Others just... Who cares? Who cares? But yet, for those who are seeking, apart from the revelation of the law, it's obvious that the work of the law is within them, which then leads to this other thorny issue that then is the law the thing that actually reveals to my consciousness truth or is it something else? When you say law, you mean Ten Commandments. I mean Ten Commandments. I mean every, you know, every sort of little thing that we have to do in order to behave. Paul's saying... That's Mm-mm. not the thing. There's, there's this other thing that's present yeah. that's available to yeah. all people, whether they've seen the Decalogue, where they have the oracles or not. Mm-hmm. Why? Because God's spirit is moving on all people because God shows no partiality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the question for you and the question for me is what do we do when we sense God moving on our heart? Because mm-hmm. it's easy to look at that person over there or that person over there and be like, ah, yeah, they clearly mm-hmm. ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. But if we take this text at face value, that spirit's working in my life today. Mm-hmm. So what do I do with that? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Listen, turn that thing off real quick, and we're going to get a plus 90 seconds real quick. Go for right? it. And here's why. Because ultimately, this passage talks about that God will judge the secrets of man, right? Mm-hmm. He will judge it according to the gospel of Jesus. And what I want to point out is that the secret is what's going on in the heart. Like, what is it that the heart identifies with? Does the heart identify simply with the passions and the desires that then lead to self-seeking? Or does the heart identify with that thing that's telling you there's a more glorious, there's a greater immortality and a a greater honor? You don't know quite know what that is, but you know that it's not the self-seeking way. And if you're identifying with that, even if you haven't heard the name of Jesus— that is the instinct and impulse of Jesus at work within you. Yes. Right? Yes. So that then when we are judged by our secret place, I think that it's the confession that you hold in the interior being, the place of your heart, is what is ultimately going to determine what judges you. It's it's that posture yeah. of your heart that's revealed, sure, by yeah. what you do. This is why we we're talking about in, in previous ones that you're judged by your, your works yeah. and things like that. But yeah. all that is just the revelation of what's happening inside. Are you attuned to what God is doing in your heart or not? Yeah. And what's crazy about it is that God could be working in your heart and you don't even know it. In fact, that's how it always starts. When I think back to my life and I think back to my journey that God's brought me on, I had no clue what God was doing in my heart. But I had a heart that was saying, okay, I'm open to this, whatever this is. Yeah. 
And what I think Paul is trying to say here is that, listen, there's people outside the walls, outside the camp who God's working on and they're following, they're moving. And that's a sobering thing because it ends up, at least for me, that those outside of my group, those outside of the wall, as it were, I would say, oh, well, they don't know. And then it gets turned back around on me where it's like the spirit of God is working on them. What about you? you? What about you? Right. It's like that thing that Jesus says at the end of John, right? What do you care what I'm doing with him or Mm -hmm. him or whatever? You, you, you follow me. So what am, what am I putting on in the secret? Mm -hmm. Because what I put out in the secret, what I put on in the secret here, Mm -hmm. here is what's going to come out in the open. Yeah. Oh man, so much. We gotta quit. So that was that was a a a ten plus. Ten plus. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Hope you enjoy. <laughs>